Hello and welcome to Bite Size, a conversational course in computer science. I'm Ellie. And I'm Matt. In today's Bite, we're going to be discussing ramen noodles. I'm so excited to talk about ramen because I have spent like the last seven months trying to perfect my instant ramen recipe, and I think that I finally got it. Wait, instant ramen. So this is like the colored bag with the noodles in it? I mean, I would call it a packet, but yes. Wait, hasn't that recipe been known for a really long time? I mean, so they have a recipe on like the back of the packet, but it sucks. So, so what do you do differently? Well, I mean, I do a few things. Um, so first of all, I only ever use the soy sauce flavor because it's superior. Oh, um, clearly. And then <laughs> I also like on the bag or the packet, the packet, um, it says like that you're supposed to put the flavor packet in after you're done boiling the noodles, like as they're cooling down. But I actually put that in first, like while the water's heating up before I put the noodles in, because um, then like it can flavor the noodles as they cook. Okay. Um, And I also cut up some scallions and I put them in the water as it's he- heating up as well. Wait, you cut, so scallion, I've actually never cut scallions before. So these are like the long skinny onions? Yeah, yeah, they're green. Some folks call them green onions, but they're really scallions. Okay, so, and you cut them into like long strips? No, um, so they're like hollow tubes. So I cut them, I don't know, perpendicular to the long part, and it kind of makes little like circles, like little rings. Okay, so then you have like little rings of scallion in your ramen? Yeah. Okay. Tastes great. Um, yeah, and this like kind of serves to flavor the water as well and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then while it's cooking, I also get another pot and I poach an egg in there. But you poach an egg. Yes. Is that like boiling it? Well, yeah. Um, yeah, you boil some water and then you crack the egg in it. I mean, so I've well, you crack the egg in it. Yes. I mean, so when I boil eggs, I like put the egg into boiling water and the shell goes and like is uncracked and that's what holds it together while it's boiling i mean yeah the there's like things you can do to make sure that the egg like kind of stays together when you poach it but it doesn't make like an egg shape it makes kind of like a blob shape it's very good um i think if i cracked an egg into boiling water yeah it would just spread all over the place and make a mess yeah i mean i've done that as well and it makes really gross like foamy egg water but I don't know. I like I like the challenge. Okay. Um, I think I'll just stick with my boiled eggs. Okay. Uh, I mean, but if you put a hard-boiled egg inside of, like, soup, it's bad because it's all, like, crumbly. Ah, and so poached eggs are, like, less crumbly? Yeah, yeah, they're, like, runny. Okay. So you've got, like, your egg and your scallion. Is there anything else that you do? Um. So I guess when I'm done, I just put all the stuff in a bowl, and then I... um put a bunch of like tricolor sesame seeds on it which like makes it crunchy and makes it look really nice okay i mean is the tricolor important probably not i mean it looks good on instagram oh i 
I have never once considered Instagramming my food, probably just because I'm bad at cooking. <laughs> Clearly. Y'all, Matt was shocked when I told him that you're supposed to put salt in your pasta water. Oh, I knew you put salt. Like you you salt, you dash a little bit of salt on your pasta water like you do with your French fries. Yeah, but the amount of salt that you were putting in there is like basically equivalent to no salt at all. Like you could have just not done that and it would have been the same. Well, the problem is that these pasta recipes are so mysterious. Like they use terms like salt the water and they just assume that I know uh, how much salt is supposed to go in there. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're just illiterate. You know what else is illiterate? Oh, God. Computers. Yeah. Why is that? So actually, I think this gets back to some computing history. Computers were originally designed to help automate mathematics that people didn't want to do by hand. Um, the first design of a computer was the analytic engine, which was Charles Babbage back in, I think, the 1830s or 40s. Um, so it's like pre-Civil War era. I mean, the machine wouldn't actually be built until the 1900s, but he had this design for how a machine could go and do the stuff in mathematics that he didn't want to do by hand. Like uh, it was like polynomials and like logarithms. Yeah, if I remember like, correctly. Yeah, no one would want to do logarithms by hand. So actually, it was a good friend of Charles Babbage, Ada Lovelace, who's given credit for seeing that this original analytic engine could do so much more than the basic mathematics that it was originally designed to do. And so she published the first computer program, which was taking the instructions that were the core of the analytic engine and combining them and sequencing them in a way so that it could do things beyond what it was originally designed for. So the reason that we're telling you all of this is because so computers are mysterious boxes of magic rocks. And yeah, that definitely does play a role in the strange and weird way that they work. But it's also important to have a historical background for the design choices that went into building these things. Mm -hmm. And Ada Lovelace, you know, the first programmer, she was actually a very vocal and firm believer that computers should be super literal and do nothing at all other than follow human instructions by the letter. And there's actually a famous quote from her where she said, The analytical engine has no pretensions whatever to originate anything. It can do whatever we know how to order it to perform. It can follow analysis but it has no power of anticipating any analytical relations or truths. Which is to say, computers should only be able to do what we tell them to do specifically in the order that we tell them to do it. And this is really the essence of programming. I mean, even modern programming today is that what programmers do is they write instructions that are really clear step-by-step -step instructions. And each step is something that the computer is simple enough that the computer can understand it. But when you execute these instructions in a particular order, that the computer can go and accomplish something much more complicated and marvelous. But really, the essence of programming is ordered instructions, that computers can only execute instructions if there is a particular ordering. And again, usually this ordering is top to bottom. Different programming languages do orderings differently, but there's always a, a clearly specified order that the computer uh, carries out the instructions. So this actually reminds me of the ramen discussion that we were having earlier. So when you're making ramen, um, if you are going to write this down step by step, when during the process do you poach the egg? 
Oh, I don't know. I usually just kind of do it whenever I have a free hand. There's not like a specific time that I start like putting the pot on the water for the egg. Yeah, computers are a little bit different. You can't, there really isn't an instruction for computers that's like, when you happen to have a free hand and you get around to it, uh, please do this. It's always a step-by-step right after you do blah, then now is the time to poach the egg. So if you wanted a computer to make ramen for you, like not the regular kind of ramen, but like the good Ellie kind of ramen, <laughs> you'd need to write out some really detailed, specific instructions about what you wanted to happen. Oh, um, sorry to interject, but like, for example, I would never have expected that if I told you to cut scallions, you would have cut them lengthwise. Like, that's so weird. Isn't that like an ordinary way to cut log things? <laughs> I mean... I guess if I told you to cut the scallions and you came back and they were like these long strips, you would have technically did what I told you to do. Yeah. And computers are really, really good at technically doing what you tell them to do. <laughs> you do without... what I say, but not what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Computers are all of programming is all about doing what you say and not what you mean. Like, like <laughs> It's clear that when you give the instructions, you have some clear idea in your mind. And when it doesn't work because I come back with like badly chopped scallions <laughs> or the wrong amount of salt in the water, it's like it's not your fault because you understood it. It's that I, the person who is following the instructions, is like ignorant and inexperienced. <laughs> and that's really what giving instructions to a computer is like. Mm -hmm. Anyway, if you were going to make these ramen instructions, you'd need to be really detailed about how it was that you wanted the scallions cut because computers are literal and don't have a lot of context. Mm -hmm. And also, you'd need to be really specific about when you wanted things done. And so, like, exactly when during the process do the scallions get cut or do the eggs get poached? So to illustrate what the flow of a real program looks like, we've written some instructions for cooking ramen which you can find on our website. These instructions aren't written in Python or any particular programming language, but they do follow the structure of a program. And a lot of programming is not specific to the language that you're writing your programs in, but is a way of organizing your thought and setting up a flow of instructions in order for a really literal, stupid computer to be able to understand what you mean. So hopefully you can get a feel for some of that by uh, walking through the instructions. And also, um, if you have a kitchen handy, you can treat yourself to a wonderful bowl of ramen. <laughs> Soy sauce flavor only. Well, that's enough for today's bite. You should really check out our website. That's learncswith.us for this week's code example, plus more study guides, show notes, and all kinds of other extras. And then join us for our next bite when we're going to discuss variables and how computers remember things. <laughs>